So often when preachers use this text, their sermons, their focus is about Peter's faith, which led him to get out of the boat. And then they are quick to point out the failure of his faith, which causes him to ultimately cry out for Jesus to save him. They offer advice that we've all been given repeatedly. Stay focused on Jesus. Take risks. Step out on shaky little faith legs knowing that Jesus is with you. How we'd, like to, how, how we'd like to heed that advice. And we set out with good intentions, but too often we fail. We start out boldly, faithfully. Then, pun intended, we peter out. Be like Peter, but better. Don't lose focus. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the preacher tells us. But today, I want to take a slightly different approach to this passage of Scripture. Despite the heading in many Bibles that this is the story of Peter walking on water, I think this is mainly a story about who Jesus really is and an aha moment that finally comes to his disciples. Now remember, as Matthew writes his gospel, this passage in the 14th chapter follows the many stories of Jesus' miraculous acts. He has cast out a demon and caused a mute to speak. He has healed many, including a leper, a centurion's servant, a paralytic, a woman with a bleeding disorder, two blind men, and has even brought a girl back from death. He was awakened by the disciples when they found themselves tossed about in their ship, and he calmed that threatening storm. And just last week, we talked about the miraculous feeding of 5,000-plus people with just five loaves and two fishes. Matthew shows us that time and time again, the disciples have witnessed the power of God that dwells in and flows through Jesus. And still, still, they don't quite seem sure who this fellow Jesus really is until this incident we look at today. Remember, Setting the context, Jesus has gotten news that his cousin John the Baptist has been beheaded. So he knows that trouble is brewing and Herod could be coming for him and his followers as well. He's tired, he's exhausted and needs a respite spent praying and resting in God's care. He tried, remember, before all those hungry people showed up and now he's going to try again. He insists compels is the word best translated here, that the disciples get in the boat and head off across the lake again. He sends the crowds on their way as well, and he heads up the mountain to refresh, re-energize, renew his commitment and dedication to the task that God has laid before him. Now, there's probably a sermon on self-care in there somewhere, but we'll save that for another time. While Jesus is on the mountain, the winds kick up on the sea. And no doubt, the disciples spent a rough night wrestling the sails, trying to keep the boat afloat, working to stay on course, hoping not to end up drowned. And suddenly, someone, something, appears like a ghost walking across the water, somewhere between 3 and 6 a.m. in the morning. And they are exhausted and frightened, fearing for their lives on so many levels. Jesus assures them, though, that they need not be frightened. Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. You know, sometimes we forget that words can carry a deeper meaning than we may realize. 
Matthew, no doubt, chose those words carefully. Remember, the gospel stories are not eyewitness accounts. They are apologetics, messages to specific audiences with a particular message to those particular people. When Jesus says, take heart, he is telling Matthew's community, which is facing criticism, oppression, and even persecution, to have courage, much like Jesus would tell a congregation like ours today. We translate the next part of that statement, it is I, but the better translation might be that Jesus said, I am. That's how God identifies, right? When Moses asked God's name, the reply is, I am, or I am who I am, or maybe even I will be who I will be. Matthew has Jesus tell the disciples that God is the one living and working through him, Jesus. And because God is with them, Jesus encourages the disciples once more to leave fear behind. Do not be afraid. How often we find that message in the Bible, right? Though I haven't counted them personally myself, I read where there are 365 places in Scripture that tell us to fear not. One for every day of each year. God does not want us to live in fear. Reverend David Lose writes that God desires that we trust that God is with us and for us and thereby live with courage and hope, taking chances, risking ourselves in relationship, seeking the welfare of the individuals and community around us, all the while remembering that even when we overlook God's presence, yet God is always there. Sometimes to encourage us to overcome our fears, sometimes sending us out ahead, and sometimes reaching out to grab hold of us in forgiveness, mercy, comfort, and grace. It seems that only when the disciples find themselves in this challenging, life-threatening experience that they finally get it, they finally recognize who Jesus is. Those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now, there's a new country and western singer who is gaining popularity right now. Perhaps you've heard of him or heard him. His name is Jelly Roll. Right? Not a stereotypical looking country singer, but he has a hit being played on the radio right now called Need a Favor. I think his popularity has something to do with the fact that if we're honest, the lines he sings are a lot like our own lives, right? I only talk to God when I need a favor, and I only pray when I ain't got a prayer. How often we turn to God when we lose when we feel hopeless, lost at the end of our ropes. And the good news is that God is there. The even better news is that God is there through the good times, the mediocre times, the normal times, the weird times, the joyous times. God is there with us, for us. Matthew is assuring those first listeners and all the readers who come after that God is here and through Jesus we can know God we can experience God, get a real sense of who God is and what God can do. The story is the I get it moment when the, G, when the disciples really see who Jesus is. Think about it. Who walks on water? Reverend Mark Hoffman writes, Jesus demonstrates that he is the Lord of the wind, waves, water, and sea. All of that which is characteristic of what? Chaos. 
On this storm-tossed night on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus reveals himself as the one uniquely endowed with the power of the Creator God, the one who formed creation out of chaos, the one to whom he prayed all night and in whose strength he now walks on the water. This is, what, this is none other than the divine power of God who overcomes the chaos of the deep, turbulent waters and is totally unafraid of the raging sea. In this experience, the disciples see God in Jesus. And while we 21st century Americans often try to make Christianity solely into a personal, intimate relationship, the early church recognized that there is also an all-too-important social element to it. The church is about being God's people together. It is together that the disciples receive this revelation of who Jesus really is. They are in the boat together. Notice Jesus ends up in the boat with the disciples. Scholars tell us that a ship or boat was one of the earliest symbols of Christianity. And this story indicates why it was so attractive. When surrounded by adversity, safety and salvation are experienced in the church with Jesus in its midst. Matthew is recognizing that the church is going through some difficult times, but he's telling them it's not time to go long ranger. It's an important time to stick together. Where two or three are gathered together, God is there. I think the message is still important to us all this time later. Together we are stronger. Together we see. Together we feel God. And I'm going to go off script a little bit here and say something about where we are as United Methodists. We've experienced a season of disaffiliation where we lost churches and people that went to join the, the global Methodist church and went to join other churches as well. But you know what we are seeing is together we are stronger. And there is a resurgence in United Methodist right now, in United Methodism, that is powerful. We're seeing new churches planted where churches have left. We're seeing, we're seeing a new commitment to that mantra, open minds, open hearts, open minds, open doors. We're moving forward with inclusiveness. We could have been discouraged, and it was discouraging. It was a hard time in the church. But together, together, we are reuniting and claiming our faith as Wesleyan Christians, as United Methodists, proud of our heritage and who we are and who God has called us to be. And we are living into the vision God has for our denomination. Together, in the boat, together, we are better, we are stronger and we will survive. And I believe that God is with us, always, not just in these difficult times, not just when I haven't got a prayer, but God also invites us to new adventures, and we're finding that in the church right now. When the boat reaches the other side of the lake, they will all step out together with Jesus and continue to spread the great good news of God's never-ending love. God wants more for us than simply being safe. God calls us to stretch, grow, and live into the abundant life God has promised us, trusting that God is always with us. It's like what we said about the children in our prayer, blessing, stretching, growing, living to our full potential as children of God. The end of summer is always a time of new beginning. School starts back. 
Bible studies resume, ministries begin again, and I think it's a great time for us to challenge ourselves as both individuals and a congregation. Where is our boat taking us? What is our captain inviting us to do? Let's listen closely to those whispers. Let's pray earnestly to learn and understand the next steps. Let's get ready for adventures we can't even imagine. I think that we, like the disciples, will receive new understanding and new courage. If we are receptive, I believe God has for us new visions and new dreams. As they say these days, when you know, you know. And no rough waters will be able to overcome us, for God is truly with us. Thanks be to God. Amen.